If you have your Bibles, let's turn in the book of James. We'll be in the book of James chapter 1, verse 22 and verse 27. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 27. If you all can stand, if you able to stand. James chapter 1, verses 22 and 27. Okay, I'll read it out loud. You can follow along in your Bibles. In verse 22, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and brighteth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows and their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let's pray, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord, that we're able to open your word. And we pray, Father, Lord, that you'll just give us insight. Help us, Lord, to the working of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Enlighten us, illumine us. And we're asking, Father, Lord, that you'll just have your special way in all of us this evening, Lord. And just bless the service. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. So we see here in James, he's looking at the church, uh, and he's seeing people who seems to know a lot of theology, studying, but only a few who really apply the word, who are doers of the word. And the same to see now that we look around, that we see we have books and Bible schools, we have the internet, all the tools, but we're seeing that only a few seems to apply the word of God. We see more uh, people following the world and following the word of Christ. And this is what James is telling us, is warning us that uh, the word of God is Always a uh, timeless principle, meaning God's word is always relevant. So James is warning us not to deceive ourselves because you can deceive yourself. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 23 it says, Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that worker, works in iniquity. So it's meaning not everyone who is a member of a Baptist church is going to heaven. Not everyone that claims the name of Christ. We see in this passage, it's saying, Lord, Lord, have we not? So they're recognizing him as Lord and Lord, but the Bible says, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Uh, we see here, in James chapter 1, let's go back to verse 22 or 27. It says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Before in the Bible times, mirrors were made out of bronze, silver, and gold. And they would polish and polish the, the gold, and, and they would use this as a mirror, so they can see themselves to reflect. And the mirrors were used so you could... I see if you have dirt on your face or uh, if you haven't combed your hair and they will go and get their self prepared every time they look at a mirror so they know how they look. But the mirror, James is saying, is useless if you just look at the mirror and do nothing. The same way with the Word of God. If you just read the Word of God, but you never apply the Word of God. And this is why Jesus is telling us that he'd rather have obedience uh, than sacrifice to obey God's Word, to obey Scriptures and what we see that that's the time we live in. A lot of people knows lots of th stuff about the Bible. We see people debating one another. We see people seem to have great intellect. But we look at their lives, it seems like they never apply what they know. And James is warning us that we might be in the same trap, thinking we know a lot, but we never apply what we know. And it's the same way like a man who's looking himself in a mirror, and he's gained weight. 
I've been gaining weight since I've been in America. Uh, the Dr. Pepper and the food, that's been so good. But a man that's gaining weight, and he looks, he wants to lose weight. So he looks at a mirror, and he decides to lose weight. So three months later, he loses three months. He just lost time because he never applied what he knew to fast from food, to exercise, to do things. He knows all these things. It's like going to a person and saying, how to lose weight. And the guy's an expert, and he's like 400 pounds, and he's telling this guy how to lose weight. It's things that you know, but if you cannot apply, it's useless. The same way with the Word of God. We might know so many things, but if you never apply, James saying, it is worthless. It is useless. And he's warning us. James is warning us. Why is he warning us? So he's warning us because he wants us to be spiritually be blessed. James chapter 1, verse 25. Let's go back to our text. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And Luke chapter 11, verse 28 says, But he said, Ye rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. One of the blessings is God will give you grace to equip you for his service. I mean, think about it. All through history, all those that obey the word of God, we see the impact of their life. Peter, Paul, uh, we see Joseph's life, how even he sold as a slave. But we saw that he was obeying God's word, how God made him a great leader. And now we have adults, all they do is watch TV, play video games, and they're thinking they have no impact in the world. We cannot impact the world by following the world. We can impact the world by following Christ, obeying scriptures, living the word of God. And we see that's the time we live in. We see so, so low impact on, on the lives of people. But we are called to be the light of the world, the salt of the world. And I like what Paul said. He said, I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I fought a good fight. And we as Christians, we must learn that we are also in a battle of spiritual warfare. All that is going on, we see all that's happening all around the world. And we are called to apply God's word, to obey, to live a life that will have an impact. And James warns us that he that follows the word, 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 the scriptures, will be blessed. God will be with you. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. You'll make an impact in this world. And James also warns us not only that we will be spiritually blessed, but James again warns us not only to be religious, but to practice pure religion. Let's go back in our text in James chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. If any man among you seems to be religious, and brighteth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the fathers of this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If we're ever going to practice religion, I believe this will be a good religion to practice, pure religion. James is telling us. And one way to practice is to practice to have a controlled tongue. Amen? In Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, 37, it says, But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now we have social media, we have Facebook, Twitter, and we see people are using these platforms just to attack one another. We see words are being thrown and all the hatred. And we see what's happening even in America, all the things, that the fights that people, because of the lies of the media, is making people to hate one another because all these words are just harsh words. And, and, the, and the Bible tells us we as Christians, we are not to play this kind of game. We are to have a controlled tongue. We are not to lower ourselves to them. Because we are Christ's likeness. We are his children. And we need to learn to control our tongue. And I remember when I just came in Houston and I was uh, trying to buy coffee. And I saw these two teen teenagers and I wanted to have a conversation with them. And then I started sharing about the gospel. 
And then one of the girls said, turned around. She overheard me sharing the gospel, and she said, there's no perfect Jesus, she said. Oh, there's no, there's no proof. I mean, that's what she said. There's no proof of God existing, Jesus. I said, that takes a lot of faith on your side, because everywhere you look, there's proof about Jesus. Amen? And I began to tell her about the gospel, and she got so mad, started cursing me, and everybody was looking around. I can't believe how angry she got. She said, are you even from America? Are you from America? Are you an American citizen? I said, I'm a heavenly citizen. I told her, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And we have to realize that this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And the gospel is the only hope for this world that we live in. All the hatred and violence, they need the gospel. And we can only demonstrate the gospel having a controlled tongue. It's so easy to get mad and to attack those teenagers and say harsh things. But we need to realize we are called to have a controlled tongue. We need to be controlled by the Spirit of God. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the curse of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. And this is what happened, and we see the tongue uncontrolled. And we see both sides are just attacking one another, saying harsh things. And what's happening? We see all the violence and all the fightings that's happening because people are not having a controlled tongue. And we see, we as Christians are reminded, James is telling us, that we must practice to control our tongue. Not only we must practice to control our tongue, but also to practice to care for the hurting. If you notice, people are hurting everywhere. People are committing suicide. Even when this pandemic hit, thousands of people committed suicide, depression. And we see that the world is a world of hurting people. The world is attacking one another. And the last place we should see Hatred should be in the church. But it's shocking to see even in church, there's so much hatred that's happening. Church splits and fights. But it should not be like that. The church should be a place where people will see a church that there's love. A church that cares for the hurting, the fatherless, the widows. And this is what James is telling us. There is a world out there that is hurting. But it is the church, the body of Christ, that we are called to step up to those that are hurting. Children are hurting. In the Philippines, we have thousands of kids being kidnapped, being sold, trafficking, and, and, and sex slaves, and all these things that are happening, sleeping in cardboard boxes, and, and the world just passes by. And I came to America, and I'm surprised how much law we have here. I mean, uh, even fishing. you got to throw back the fish. If not, not, there's protection on the fish. There's protection on the deer. But when I look at the children, where is the protection on children? Kids are being aborted. Kids are being killed. And who are going to defend the, def the, the, the helpless ones? And we as Christians, we must have a voice. We must be bold to proclaim that this is a wicked thing that they're doing, killing children. And all we care is to save the fish, to save the birds, to save animals. And I go to Walmart, and it's shocking how nice that place is. We don't have a Walmart in the Philippines. I go down to Walmart, and there's a line of dog food, cat food, all across and I see these nice beds of these dogs. I said, if kids in the streets of the Philippines could sleep in these comfortable beds that dogs has, that cats has, I mean, millions of dollars are being sold for dog food, pornography, for liquor. But we see, for they're hurting children. They're hurting. There's a world out there. And we as Christians, we as, we are, as the child of God, we must focus on the things that God wants us to focus on. We can easily be caught up in the things of this world that will mean nothing, useless. 
And, and this is a great trap. This, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. This is what Satan wants us to focus on the things of this world. And, and, and even in the Philippines, I see a lot of people wants to come to America. There's a long line. They say that's their, their American dream. Everybody's trying to get over to America. And then I see those same people, when they get to America, they look back, they want to go back to the Philippines. They realize that America is not going to satisfy them. Only Jesus will satisfy you. Whoever drinks of the waters of this world shall thirst again, whether it's money or the American dream, it won't satisfy. A lot of people are committing suicide that has a lot of money, that has experienced being wealthy and healthy, but still depressed and, and living in anxiety. And James is telling us that only the gospel is their only hope, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we as Christians are called to care for the hurting. Drink some water. And that's why we started Crossed Our Refuge Home there in a place called Tarlock. We, we found this rice field, and we prayed about it, and we were able to purchase it, and we started uh, loading trucks of dirt, trying to make a place where we can start building a home. We were able to build a one building right now. We had a roof before we left. Rainy season going to hit, so all the kids were excited because they were staying in tents and nipa huts. So we got this one building up, and they're all so excited. So please pray for the Crossroad Refuge Home while we're here. It's always hard to say goodbye to all those kids when you're leaving them. Uh, it's just a part of you. Uh, just It breaks you because you're so close to them every day. You're with them, and now you have to leave. But please do pray for them while we're over here. But uh, uh, Jesus said, forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. We can't just keep turning our back from the world that is hurting. And how can we reach the world we never touch? And how can we show them Christ if we never show them love? Just to say we care will never be enough. James is telling us we must reach the hurting. And this word visit is not to say, hi, hello, Jesus loves you. I believe this word visit is to relieve them from their affliction. I always heard my dad used to say, how can you... Uh, uh, minister giving out tracts and you have to step over these children they don't move you uh, just seeing all the children that are hurting sometimes you'll see them in in uh, McDonald's they're trying to look in the garbage can for leftovers and in the Philippines every store has a security guard I don't know why when I come here nobody's guarding the McDonald's here but in the Philippines there's a guy that's holding a shotgun uh, people's gonna steal the burgers or fries or something I don't know but that is that's the Philippines and and these security guards they they push these kids away because it's not going to be good for the customers that comes. So these kids are always being pushed away, not knowing where to go. The governments don't care for them. And there's so many Baptist churches in the Philippines. I'm wondering, they say they don't seem to care. And it seems like when you try to work for children, they say, oh, but you're being sidetracked. Uh, we're more about church planning, uh, winning the loss, but helping children, that's, that's too much work. You got to feed them, clothe them. Uh, if they get sick, and we don't have time for that. But I think we can do both, Amen. We can plant church, we can share the gospel, and still be a Christian and reach the hurting. And this is what James is telling us, that we must practice pure religion. Not only it talks about caring for the hurting, but lastly, it's to be practiced, to be unspotted from the world. Romans 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I always hear teenagers say, I don't know what God's will for my life. I mean, they're growing up not knowing God's will. Because they're so conformed to the world, all they do is play video games. All they do is just stay on their computer, and they're just surfing the computer, and they're grow, growing up not knowing God's will in their life. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You will never know God's will if you're conformed to the world. 
But if you start seeking the Lord, you'll begin to know God's will and God's plan for your life. In the word of God, and I believe, we always, I always hear these people complaining, oh, they're taking away the Bibles in public schools. They're, the government's doing this. But I truly believe the Bibles were taken out of the homes of family first before the school. Even Christians' homes has been taking the Bibles and being replaced by television. And that's what's babysitting the children. Instead of a father getting around his children in the word of God, they're being told to go to your room. Okay, spend time on your computer. And kids are hurting because they're not experiencing the true love of Christ. They're being thrown to a computer living in a fantasy world. And they don't know what reality is no more. And all their life, they're living a life that is not real. And that's why they get up. They can't even know how to clean their bed. They don't even know how to wash their, their own plate uh, because they're, they're in a fantasy world. And then they're out there marching in the street thinking they know how to change America. They're out there saying America is this. this is they can't even clean their own bed because they're living in a different world. But if we get our children back to the word of God, even their practical life, they'll understand how to live their life. I mean, boys don't even know what bathroom to go to no more. Can you imagine that? That's the time we live in. Girls don't know if they're a girl or boy. I mean, it's sickening to see what's happening to our world. But what's more sickening is people in the church are follow, following this trap. Churches now doesn't even know. Some of the people I meet, they say, oh, you, you, you have to be careful to talk. You, you, can't, you can't tell them that they're a, a boy. They might, it might be offend, offensive to a boy to call him a boy. A girl, you can't call him a girl. That might be offensive. I mean, it doesn't matter what they think. If they think they're a dolphin or a cat, they're not a cat. They're not a dolphin, amen? God made a boy and a girl, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And we must be clear about this. We as Christians not fall for this trap. We need to be unspotted from the world, not to think like the world, but to think like Jesus Christ. Don't get comfortable in this life because we're just a passing through. We need to have our minds set upon eternity and holiness. And this is what's missing. I've been reading books about holiness. Jerry Bridges, one of the, a great writer, uh, A.W. Tozer on holiness. And the more I've been studying about holiness, I'm seeing that people does not understand holiness no more because they're so consumed by the world. But every time I've been studying about holiness, you know what it does to me? It breaks me and see how wicked and sinful we really are. What we're doing, we're comparing ourselves with other people and we think we're better. But when we compare ourselves with the holiness of God, it will break us. It will remind us that we are wretched, sinful. And if it wasn't for the cross of Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ, we will never make it to God because of his pure and holiness. But thanks to be his son, Jesus Christ, who came and lived the perfect life. He was the champion. He was the one that could stand before us. Only the gospel, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why we can Glory in what God had done, Jesus has done, not what we have done. But does not, does not mean that we not stop there. As we, we get saved, now we need to grow in holiness, the Bible tells us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, follow peace with all men. Not follow hatred with all men, but follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. If you're not growing in holiness, check your salvation because Jesus does not save you to be more like the world. He has saved you to be more like him. And check yourself, are you growing in holiness? I mean, many people say, oh, I got saved at eight years old. And they, they're not in church. They're living for the world. And you hear, oh, he's just backsliding. 
He never comes to church. He just backs. I know he's not saved. Because if he's saved, you are going to grow in holiness. The Lord will whip you. The Lord will correct you. He will not let you live a life. They say, what happened to David? Oh, David got a whipping like never before. But we see that God will not let a person just live, live like the world. If you're in Christ, God will change you and you'll begin to grow in holiness like Christ. That's why I like what Paul said, examine yourself if you're in the faith. Not, oh, I said a prayer when I was eight. No. Oh, I walked down the aisle. Oh, I remember the evangelist came by and told me to repeat this prayer. They always go back to a decision. No, go back to your life and see if you are growing and walking in holiness. Are you pursuing the things of Christ? Are you living for eternity? Or are you living for the world and you have no desire for Jesus Christ? Paul said, examine yourself if you're in the faith. You know, those that can truly practice pure religion, those that can truly love the hurting, it has to be true believers. Those that are truly in Christ. Because you cannot live in Christ, live for Christ apart from Christ. The one that does the work in you is not you. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that's working in you. And that's why this, all that we do, make sure you're in Christ. So you don't hear this word, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That means you can work even you're not in Christ. You can go to church. You can give out tracts. You can do all these things. I mean, the Mormons does it. They go out, giving out tracts, knocking on doors. I mean, all, everybody can do the things that they think they're doing it for Christ. But at the end of the day, if you're not in Christ, you're doing it for some other reason, not for the Lord. But if you're in Christ, make sure you're in Christ because the ministry will be enjoyable. You know that your sacrifice, your labor is not in vain. It is in Christ.